And we are live. Yeah. There we go. Look at that. Fuck. I mean, um, <clears throat> we've got to stop the swearing. It'd be nice. Um, do we? I don't know if we do. Just trying to put together. Um... Oh, look at that. The cameras all shoot up. Boom. See? Look at that. I'm just what sitting here quietly. It's fishing reel, Mert. It's a fishing reel. I cannot see. I see this. I see this stream yard comment blocking like half of your body. G'day, Mr. Snape. Matt Snape's there. Look at that. Tim Harvey. Hey, dudes. Tim, Tim Harrop. Hey, dudes. Look at that. Yeah. I might not be You're able back. to get this together while I talk. I'll put more grease on it. More grease always helps. Yeah. Welcome to 2021, Mert. 2021. More, more schmoo on my reel. That'll go back together easier. I don't you know. You don't know. You don't know. Neither do I. I probably it's been a month. It's, it's been a it's been a month, Corin. Since when? Almost, since we had a since the podcast last. That's a long time, but it is. It is. Long time no see. What have you been doing? Um, I had a bit of a holiday, actually, and really? um, I went fishing, funnily enough. That's why I'm now rebuilding fishing reels uh, to some degree of success. And um, went out with the kids, took them, you know, swimming and to the rope swing and all those wonderful things that kids do. So uh, it's been pretty good. I, I did some knife making. Steve Eads came over. So a guy um, from the – remember the hammering at Everly the end of the year? Mm-hmm. Uh, a guy started making a barrel knife out of that. And, um, yeah, no, I know. It's terrible. It's my son. He's calling me. Why is he calling me? Oh, I don't know why. He's, uh, Jordan, I'm in the podcast. I'll call you later. There you go. He's gone. There we go. There's my little boy. My little boy is 27 now, but anyway, we won't worry about that. 26, Shit. 27. He's old. They get old it's quick. Not a, it, it's not a little boy, man. He's 27. Oh, he's still I know. It's always a little boy. Yeah, I get it. But Yeah. He's still my... I know why that's not going back together, Mert. I've got that upside down. Here I am struggling with this shit. So, Lord, how, about you, how about you put that away? Put it away. I'll do my. Oh, all right. You're just like my teachers. Stop fucking about. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, we um, we went we went and did a whole bunch of cool things, and um, I think we had a pretty good summer holiday for them. They've spent a lot of time on devices, on screens. You know, we've not been able to do a lot of things because of the COVID <laughs> restrictions. For those that are tuning in from elsewhere, uh, just before Christmas, we had an outbreak of COVID in Sydney and yeah. um, it really did muck things up for us for a bit. I think that's fair to say. We, we, were, we were doing so good. Like, we were doing so good. And as you remember, we were, we were working on getting a little uh, casting stuff done. But as soon as they put the, as soon as the COVID start popping up and some of the areas in Sydney were in the, 
they were considered as a hot spots and we were going to go to Queensland for a vacation and Queensland wasn't accepting anybody from Sydney or North Sydney and if you were coming in any of those areas or if you visited them you had to quarantine for two weeks and all that so yeah that that messed it up a little bit yeah hard mate and uh so that was it pretty much pretty much this one couple of days of knife making uh helping a guy out and man yeah, that was that was pretty much it so uh, we don't have Kev tonight, guys. Uh, unfortunately, he's had a bit of a minor emergency. He just realised it's his wife's birthday and he didn't organise anything. So he's, uh, he's uh, not only in the bad books, but he's not here. And um, that's pretty much where we're at. So what about you, Mert? What have you been up to? What I have done since last time we talked. Um, as usual, knife making, full swing, as much as I can with having the, both of the kids at home with me. And as I said, we went to a vacation last week. We went to Queensland. We went to Reef. The Barrier Reef? Yeah, Great Barrier Reef for the second time. So the first time we went there, it was my daughter was really young. She was like only a year old. And we had a sitter and we, went, we ended up going to Reef. But since they were a bit older this time, we ended up taking them to Reef. They did snorkeling and I did a, I did a scuba dive and Swam with the fishes and shit, and it was fun. It was good. Where? Yeah. Just um, where did you go? We went to Port Douglas. Port Douglas, nice. Yeah, Port Douglas is about like 40, uh, 40 k's outside of Cairns, right after you pass the palm, beat something palm. Anyway, it's yeah, it was nice. And it, it was out of luck because when I think my wife was on Facebook or something, as Facebook is listening to you, and she saw a little package that popped up saying uh, flights from Qantas and three nights, four days in Sheraton, and it was quite reasonable, and we ended up booking it. Everything was fine. Uh, it was the first time we traveled during the COVID, so we had to have our, have our masks on during the flights and during the airport. Maybe it okay. It was. It, I get it. It's annoying. Kids, kids were, kids did all right, but at, there are a couple points and the kids were like, "We want this out." We managed to convince them and all that. It was fun, man. It was fun. It was, it was well needed. It was well deserved vacation, I think. And oh, the day before we left, we were thinking about, oh, it's a nice place. What if we, what if we stay one more night?" We called the, we called the Jetstar, saying, "Hey." If we want to change our flight, what will be the damage? How much will it cost? And they're like, oh, if you want to change your plane reservation for tomorrow, it'll be $250 per person to change it. Oh, it's like grand to change it for people. I'm like, no, fuck this. There's no way we're doing it. And in the evening, we got the message from Jetstar. Your flight for tomorrow is changed. Please call us. Apparently, our oh, flight yeah. is canceled. Yeah, <laughs> our flight was canceled. And we're like, oh, fuck. So we end up booking another, we end up booking, uh, they gave us option. Either way, you, you can fly at six o'clock in the morning, which means like you have to leave the hotel by 3.30. And yeah, not good. No, I've been told this about like 8.30, I'm half bottle of wine deep in. I'm like, no, no, no. That's, no, no we're, we're not doing that. So we stayed another night. We extended the booking for a day and we extended the car, the rental car for a day and, and the flights did not cost extra, anything. So that was good. Beautiful. It's nice when stuff works out like that. Yeah, it does. But you know what, Corn? If I had stayed one more day, I would have lost my shit. Because kids were kids realized 
we are in public, you can't do a shit, <laughs> you can't you can't do anything to us mode. And also, I was I was getting I was itching to come back to work. I I really missed doing things. I didn't miss working, but I'm lucky that I don't see my work as a work, and I get to make stuff, and people send me money for it, and I'm really I'm really grateful. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. lucky in that in that regard. So, and I, I really want to just do things otherwise like it's nice you're sitting in the beach you're sitting in the thing but i need to work man i get antsy i got about six months of accrued leave so i try to use it up and uh yeah the only big thing that happened to me was getting gout yeah yeah gout terrible so bloody prawns and beers and um yeah, it was shit. So now I'm not drinking because on account of if you've ever had gout, you'll understand why I'm not drinking because of fucking shit of a thing. It's terrible. Yeah, you, you sent me the picture of the foot. And it was... It's the end of my bit, world. Yeah. Oh, mate, it was... It's terrible. I, I, I wouldn't wish it on, on absolutely anyone, even Kev. No, true. Really? Yeah, even Kev. That's how bad it is. <laughs> so anyway... That was pretty much it in a nutshell. I don't have um, the, you know, the guys at work are all flat chat. I've only been back for a couple of days. I went back on Monday and then Australia Day and then I went back yesterday and 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 today, and um, they're going nuts. They've just released free freight February, even though it's not February yet, and I've made that point. Um, but they've released free freight February. So if you order from us now, uh, you don't pay freight. So yeah, that's pretty. Oh um, shit! Yeah. Regardless of the weight. Yeah, everything. Just regardless of anything. Where if you live oh, in Whoop de Wagu or Timbuktu or whatever the fuck, I, I mean, you know. <laughs> I don't know how we, oh. it'll be. Okay, we'll, we're doing it for February, so it'll be interesting, and and we'll see how it goes for us if it's uh, positive, so to speak. Oh, that's that's something, man. That's something. I'm sure. I'm sure orders will rain in. Not that. Yeah, it'll keep them. I reckon it'll keep them busy for a bit. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, it'll keep them busy. That's for sure. So yeah, what else is news with you, mate? What have you made? What did I make, mate? I, honestly, I don't even remember what I made. It's been it's been a blur, right? I shit. What did I make? I made M three ninety chef knives. Fuck me, I will never nice. do that again. Why not? Um, did we talk about last episode about the MT90? No, I don't know. Tell me about it. No. I think okay, we, so, we we brought in a shipment, didn't we? Yeah. So yeah, I saw yeah, M, I saw M390. Like, yeah, I heard about that still, and I looked up the recipe. So the mistake I made is I know MT90, and it's one of the most abrasion-resistant stainless steel in the market. And it's great, but it's hard to finish and hard to grind. And in my mind, I bought M390 thinking it's N690. N690 ah. is similar to, similar to VG10, and it's, it polishes nice and all that. So I followed the recipe. I'm like, oh, the heat treatment recipe is a bit, bit complicated. It's like you have to hold it at certain – I think it was like something around the 700 kind of thing, like for a bit, then put it in the 1100, which is quite high for the stainless. So I'm like, oh, shit, the heat treatment is a bit complex. I'm like, oh, it is what it is. I just – Heat treated, and I'm I'm grinding, and I'm using the I'm using the blaze. I use the blaze belts, and I also use the reaper belts. It took yeah. me two and a half, three belts to grind. But I'm thinking like, 
what the fuck? What's wrong with it? I'm grinding, grinding. Nothing is happening. And the, the hardness was 62. It wasn't like, it's not like crazy hard. Like, I know I did all the tampering, right? I'm like, I'm thinking, man, either way I forgot how to grind or this is something special. Then I realized, yeah, this is M390 dummy. It's not N690. So I looked it up and I realized the steel had 1.7% or something carbon or 1.9. has like shitload of chromium and vanadium. I'm like, yeah, right. Now I get it. So I got a couple, I got a few more uh, blanks that I'll heat treat, but yeah. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll try to do a semi. Maybe I'll try to like just go all out and put a semi on it. Yeah, stainless to stainless semi. Well, why not? Why not? I, I I've never tried M three ninety, and uh, I wasn't aware of that. So yeah, oh, Colbert loves it. I'm sure Colbert loves it. Yeah, Cole loves that shit. He loves all those super shit steels. Fucking, he'll be on there now. <laughs> No, no, he, he definitely he definitely is into that sort of thing. Look, it has but, a, if you're using pocket knives, it's a great steel. You don't have to sharpen it often. It's it stay it will stay sharp for fucking forever if you're using in the if you're using a pocket knife. But if you're doing a kitchen knife, the area that you have the hand sand it gets so big. And the ones that I did, I did a machine, I did a machine finish, and even machine finish was pain in the ass. Yeah. Yeah. So what did you do? Just buff them and, or just scotch them? Scotch no. bright or? Uh, scotch bite. I left that scotch yeah. bite A30. Yep. And I, then I did like a, yeah, I did yeah, scotch bright. Or the um, gator. Uh, sure, sorry. I came off gator A30. I went on to scotch bite 800. Yeah, right. They're pretty much close, but I also use the buffing. I also use buffing compound and WD-40 on my scotch bright. Yeah, it yeah, polishes yeah. even even better. Like when you take the polishing compound and kind of like push it to the and uh, the belt, it polishes so nice. I, I don't buff plates. I, I don't buff plates. I'm not. I'm not I, brave enough of, to buff. I've heard of people using WD forty and, and compound on the cork belts, but yeah. never on a Scotch Brite. Well, Scotch Brite belt it it tends to it tends to load up a little bit because. There's a lot of it's quite porous, but every now and then like I kind of scrape it so it's not. I I try to like scrape it so it's not like just loaded up with it. Yeah, you can do the same thing with the cork belt too. You can. Yeah. So M three ninety not going to do it again for kitchen knives, you reckon? No, it's it's. Don't get me wrong. It's a great knife. It's a great steel for kitchen knives as well. But heat treatment of it is a bit more complex than a lot of the other other stainless steels. A lot of the, for example, if you're doing damascus steel and RWL, bring the kiln to 1070, chuck it in, seven minutes out, take it out, quench, done. Job done. And yeah, this this one you have to hold it at seven something for five minutes. Then from that you have to take it to 1100. I had my I had my heat treating drum, a drum forge and uh, my kiln going on at the same time. So I was taking, keeping one in there for five, take it out, put it straight in the kiln. I had like a whole system going on, but it's, it's a bit intense. How many did you do? do? I did uh, four. Oh, right. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, I did four. And and I, got, I got some more. What Reaper? Have you tried the 36-grit Reaper? No, um, 
I, I don't like thirty. I don't like anything. I know. I know, right? I know. It's too, but I got a too, too I, I know. Just listen. Just listen. I got a phone call from Sean McIntyre um, on Monday, Tuesday, and he was telling me how um, he has no place in his shop for a thirty-six grit belt until he, until he tried the thirty-six grit Reaper. Really? He said it's unbelievable. He's ground fully hardened blades with it. And he said the finish is, is like a 60 grit, but it cuts like a 36. Yeah, the issue is, I had with the 36 is that, you know, like the finish, more than the finish, the way I grind this, I take my coarsest belt, 40, 50, whatever, and I do my 90% grinding with that belt. And with 36, if I got any boo-boos, I got no room because it's a, such a thin blade at the edge. If I got any boo-boo, if I got a two-inch itis, if I got the two-inch mark, I'm screwed. There's, there's no fucking way I can. <laughs> there's Come no back. way I can fix. Well, like I said, uh, and take it or leave it. Um, that was his comment to me. I don't know if any of the comments of the guys in the in the crowd out there have used the 36 grit. Again, I I've, I looked at it and thought there's no place in my shop for a 36 grit belt. But it was just funny to hear Sean say that because, well, because it's Sean, really. You know, <coughs> he knows the shit. Well, yeah, a lot. Yeah. He's, he's only been around forever. And, um, yeah, he was saying he passed it on to Peter Del Rasso when it wasn't cutting for him anymore. And um, Peter Del Rasso made a few more knives out. It was wrapped as well. So <laughs> I'm, just putting it, I'm just putting it out there that we might know what we think we know about 36 script belts. Yeah, look, I'll definitely give it a go. So I'm not I'm – not, a lot of times you use something and you don't use it right and then you just scratch it off and – Till somebody shows you how to use it. Like it was the same thing with this kind, remember? A lot of people yeah, yeah, were yeah. using this kind in a high speed and thinking this shit is useless then. Or some of the some of the ceramic belts. People were using ceramic belts in the lower RPMs and clogs up and now uh, ceramic belts are not good. Then somebody comes in and increase the speed to double and all of a sudden you realize the shit keeps giving and giving. So it does make the case. Yeah. You need the pressure, and and that's it exactly as you said. It's just a, I think it's just a matter of um, how you use it. So, yeah. You're telling me I'm not pushing hard enough. That's because you're soft. <laughs> now I, I'm not saying anything actually. I just I'm just re- relaying what was said to me by Sean. So okay, there you go. Oh, that's so nice. Listen to that. So this here, see this. This is a 1987 Mitchell 5570. This is your drag control up here. See this one? So you went to a fishing gear fishing gear thing, huh? You've okay. never seen my fishing reel collection, have you? No. Mitchell reels, mate. Knives and Mitchell reels. That's what I'm into. Anyway, never mind. Yeah. So that was that's pretty much it, mate. I've just been rebuilding that. I bought that one in, in out of France. As you do. So there you go. You... France? What? France. Yeah. I had to, right. Well, you, they're, they're hard to get. You won't find that real in Australia. You won't find that one in Australia. Where's the made? France? France. Hmm. Okay. Right. Yeah, they, they're not all made in France. I've got a collection that I cover most Mitchell reels from Taiwan, France, Japan. Um in the 80s period, but also right back to the 50s. 
Knew it was as soon as you held it up. Who is that? Facebook user. Someone else that knows about Mitchell Reels. Here we go. Look at that. Man, I, yeah, I would that? love, I, I would love to do a fishing trip. Yeah? I would, I would love to do a fishing trip with you and Kev. Okay. Okay. Well, I don't know about Kev, but there's a place on the boat on the 6th of February, Deep Sea. Deep Sea. Fuck yeah. February 6th. What am I doing February 6th? You better make it's, up your mind quick because I don't know if it'll still be available, but I can ask. Is it Sunday? One. Saturday. Saturday? Yeah. This Facebook user's got a Mitchell too. Who are you? What's your name? you got to click on the link up the top. Yeah. No, no we, it's out of Kayama. But um, anyway. Oh, so Matt Snape is also – Matt Snape's working on a little project for me. I broke one of them. Uh, well, I, I use them as well. I like the old ones for whatever reason. And the one that uh, Matt Snape's got a part of – oh, Cole says he's taken the place in the boat. Look at that. Anyway, never mind. Motherfucker. Um, <laughs> Motherfucker. <laughs> Matt's, Matt says, uh, what's the handle off? Matt's working on a, a Mitchell 5540, which is a um, – uh, it's actually a pro model – Mitchell, again, trigger drag, same sort of reel as this, actually. This is a 5570. It's the baby brother of this one. Um, yeah, this one doesn't have an original handle, you'll note, either. This is a, a Shimano or something aftermarket handle that I've modified to fit. Anyway, you get that. It's hard, oh, to, nice. hard to get them complete. Uh, you, if you don't like fishing reels, you don't get it, that's fine. But, yeah, the, 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 that particular style of reel, I, I dig a lot. So, yeah, there you go. Well, speaking of holiday, I decided to lay off the social media a little bit, which is fine. Like, it was great. I had a peace of mind. But the shittiest thing is now I'm back and I have to be more present and I have to start posting shit. And I got zero interest. Like, I got zero. Like I'm, I'm finding myself hard to be. I'm, I'm feeling myself, like, very hard to. I'm not motivated enough to just get in there and. Yeah, it felt it felt so fucking good, man. Like not to be on it and not looking at the phone constantly. And now, now I have to do shit. I don't want it. I'm posting something like one one a day if I'm lucky, but I don't want to. I don't want to deal with it. And probably all of my algorithms and everything is fucked because I'm not looking at anything. And all the thing Instagram is suggesting me is bloggers, and if it's recommending me exercise programs if I, as if I'm 80 years old, saying, like, being old is not enough excuse to fucking work out. I'm like, what the fuck? Matthew Will Donaldson. Did you say phone or porn? Take a guess, okay? Calluses. Take a guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, the, it's it's been a pretty good... Um, been a pretty good break, mate. I... Uh, I, I, I'm a little bit sad to be back at work. Not that I'm sad to be with my team. They're a good team. They do good things. But I do have half a year of leave in the bank, and I just want to spend it, actually. Yeah, but it's, but it's anyway. hard if you're, if you're a top guy. It's hard to take it saying, hey, I'm out for a month. You know, it's the, the month. You, you, can't, you can't take a month off on its own. Like, it's hard. You have to take, like, a little bit here, a little bit there, as you know. Yeah. Yeah. 
I, I, I can't take it at all because for whatever reason, I never have bothered. And I've ended up with two, two lots have been there 22 years now. Started in February 99, 2nd of February 99. So four days, it'll be my 21st year of the company. 21st year with the company. 22nd year. Fuck a long time. Fuck a long time. Long, yeah. With the company. And, um, and yeah, I'm kind of a little bit over it. Uh, Dino says, Corin, can we do a live feed to different Makers Forge as a show? Fuck yeah. That's a great idea. That's a good idea. We need to we need to work that out a little bit. That'd be that'd be pretty cool to get people to give us a little forge tour, um, show us their shops, and that would be interesting. Yeah. What do you reckon, Matt? Sure. We just got to make sure some of the criteria are meet. Like they got to have the obviously headsets and good internet connection. Yeah. Look at that. How did your car- carpentry skills go, mate? Did you do any flat pack over the holidays? Uh, no. Ah, oh, fuck, fuck, no. Ah, oh, you know, so, big, you know, my, our parents-in-law live in, not flatbacks, but our parents-in-law, they just keep sending fucking toys over to Christmas for the kids, which I appreciate, but I'm so fucking over it. I'm so fucking over it. Like, open the fucking toys, put the fucking toys together. And then see the kids put those toys away, like just throw them away pretty much. And after a couple of days, and you end up with the rubbish, you end up with the cardboard, and more plastic and more fucking plastic and shit. Yeah. I used to have it a took- bonfire every year after Christmas just to get rid of the paper and the cardboard. I was about to have a fucking bonfire in the toy room, okay? <laughs> my, my fucking kids, lucky SOBs, have a toy room for their fucking toys and they decided to dump 10 buckets of toys and it was like 20 centimeter tall high toys every fucking you could not step on it and i was debating about getting a fucking kerosene and just pour over it and fucking light a fire yeah (sighs) i didn't didn't. i I didn't i i I did pretty good you're a patient man mert i was an impatient man with my first son the one that rang a little while ago jordan Um, I was a very impatient man with that boy, but I wasn't a man either. I was a boy. I was 17 when he was conceived. So, um, yeah. So now he's 27 and he hasn't given me – I'm not a grandfather yet, thank God, that I know of. That I know of. <laughs> but, but, mate, you got to be patient. you just got to roll with it. And that's what I've learned. I've gone through the, the – I've been to my last four – the last two of the four. And, um, yeah, and Facebook user – who come to mind your dirty vast and sound good. These guys who have Facebook user, we don't know who you are. So if you just um, click on the link at the top of the post or wherever it is, find it, uh, click on it, and um, then we'll be able to see. And buying pre- b- batteries, presents that need batteries, shocker. That's, 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 a, that's a pyramid scheme. That's the fucking biggest scheme of the world. Like they sell these. I'm sure, I'm sure all of those toy companies are sponsored by Duracell or Energizer or something like that. And all of those toys, motherfuckers, they don't just need one battery. Like, you open it up, oh, I need six, need eight. Yeah. Fucking toys. That's it. <laughs> yeah. In this day and age, mate, it's got to be rechargeable. The freaking disposable batteries, they've got to have had their day, haven't they? Uh, look, 
it's like the it's like the car engines that's like petrol engines. It's outdated, but it's effective. Steve Schwartz buy them some bold and jacks. Bold and jacks. Spread the Jackson scheme at them to get up. I don't know what that means, but it's got to be an American thing. Oh, it, oh concerning Steve's engine might be an older thing. Steve, oh, if you can you elaborate. <laughs> what are you saying? It, <laughs> it, it might be an old school thing. I'm not saying anything bad. This is one of the best knife makers in the world, and you're here slagging off on him about his age. Steve, just no. for the record, I didn't say that. That I, I, I'm just backing away, Steve. Steve that's Steve. all Mert. That's all him. Oh, it, it might be an old school thing, like that. You such a sister, Corn. Mm. Yeah, Owen says you never step on a jack. I'm going to Google it. It's not just me. See? Matt Snape says, Steve. <laughs> anyway, good day, Steve. Good to see you, mate. Good to see you tuning in. Good to see Love you, man. Work. Good to... Love your work. He posted the, oh, one of the. Go. There you go. It's yeah. old. It's an old thing. <laughs> right. Fair enough. I'll give you that. Ah, here we go. Three cornered jacks, right? I'm with you. So it's like some, like some sort of a, like a little cow trap thing or something. Jacks or knuckle bones is a pickup toy. Bounce and ball, pick up one jack. Ah, you're a man of the world, Mr. Smith. I did not know that. But anyway, bindi eyes. Anyway. I'm 32. I know what jacks are. Caltrops for kids. Okay, I'm with you. I know what a caltrop is. Yeah, here we go. Steve says caltrop as well. Rommel's yes, it, it hurts like a bitch. Right, fair enough. So uh, it's all making yeah, sense. I know. Yeah, I know what he's talking about there. Yep. Yeah. yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. So anyway, there we go. And um, what else are we up to? There we go. No, Kev, uh, for those that joined late... Um, he had a family emergency. He forgot it was his wife's birthday and had to make late late plans for dinner for her. Um, I don't know if she knows that, so probably best not to say anything. Uh, there we go. I've landed Kevin it. What's next? Steve Schwartzer likes his big Mert file guide. There you go. Oh, thanks, man. Named after yours truly. N name after my belly. <laughs> <laughs> is it your belly is it I would have claimed something yeah. else but that's alright I'm trying to keep it PG man I was going for my hands so here we go Ash Edwards says hi guys Ash here from South Australia big thanks to Corin the guys at Gamico for sponsoring the South Australian Knife Makers and Blacksmith Social Group competition in December we've got a bunch of entries and some bloody nice ones who love your work legends no worries guys we support any not for profit anything really to do with the industry. We support the industry. So there you go. Well, speaking of South Australia, I just uh, remind me of Adelaide show. And I had an email in my inbox a few days ago. That was a feeler for the possible shows for the, for this year. And I'm hoping, I'm hoping we can organize shows this year, Corn. What do you think? What do you think? What do you think the possibility is? 
And zero. by the way, Henning, 21, zero? You still reckon zero? Zero. I don't reckon there'll be any shows this year, mate. Not interstate travel. I don't I don't reckon it's worth the risk, the financial risk of running a show this year. Because if you set it all up and they close it all down again for us in the last minute, as they have been doing, you know, like it can it can go from open to closed in two days. What are we gonna do if people can't get back home from a show? Don't worry about running it. Think about getting back home. Think about you traveling to Melbourne for the guild show, for example. And they close the borders while you're there and you've got to go into two-week quarantine to get home at $3,000 or whatever it is. It's not going to be a very I, good show, is it? I, I, had so many, I had so many inappropriate jokes for it, but I'm just going to keep it. <laughs> About what? Yeah, just I had, uh, no, no. Restraint. <laughs> There's no such, when, such fucking restraint. Since when? See, I'm only having a one glass of drink because... The school fucking started. I'm taking the kids to school. I had those bastards at home for three months. Can you see who I am now, you bastard? Are you coming to my smithy for a broadcast? Who the fuck is this ugly guy? Oh, it's Henning. Who's the pretty girl in his arms? Oh, that's his sister. Anyway, so... Hey, Henning. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Hey, what are we doing? <laughs> what? Stop. So Dino says you can stay at his place if you get stuck in South Australia. Well, that's real generous. That, that's um. Thanks, Dino. Narelle Wheaton from West Australia. She's organises the Perth show. Narelle reckons uh, she's hoping there'll be a show this year, and I I certainly hope there will be. But look, honestly, I can't see them opening up here or just can't. I can't see them letting it do just – it's just not going to happen. Surely. What do you reckon? Me? Yeah. Well, I think I think it, if there is a chance of any show happening, it might be the – it might be the Perth and it might be the Adelaide. Because they, seem to, because they seem to be more contained than Sydney, you know. Sydney having so many international flights and everything seems good and one flight crew just comes out and they fucking spread it and the next thing you know is five, six suburbs are shut down. But I think there, there, there could be a possibility of Perth or Adelaide show and I would love to do a Perth show again. Uh, I would love to do the Perth and the Adelaide, yes, Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Look, I, I like Sydney. Sydney is the biggest one, and but I feel like when I do the Perth show, or when I do the Perth show, because I'm taking a long flight across the country, and you're staying at the hotel where the show is, at, at least for the last time, it just feels like a smaller, more intimate blade show that's held in Australia. I really love the Perth show. The Perth show was great. I've yeah. got some video of you really loving the Perth show. You might, you might want to delete that, huh? What is it? I, I, I got absolutely blind in Perth. That was a shocker, actually. Do I have, do I have clothes on? Uh, you have some. Better than nothing. Better than nothing. It was a, it's a win. <laughs> it's a win. It was, it was a hat, but it wasn't on your head. 
Um, <laughs> so, yeah, Blair says 50,000 at the cricket is okay. I, yeah, I don't get it either, but I don't, you know, I don't want to be the, I don't want to be the pricks that, that lets it out and kills someone's grandmother or something. I know some people don't think it's real and good luck to you people, but I don't want to be the guy that got involved in that. I think we just got to be a little bit socially responsible for a couple of years until, um, yeah. until we, they, you know, <laughs> we're all inoculated or figure out or whatever. I don't know. I don't really care. I had the, I had the email from the blade show to sign me up for 21 and yeah, that was a hard pass. La 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 Corin. Yeah, I don't know. She's probably, I don't know. Don't get that. What did you say? I had an email from Bledshaw asking yeah. me to book a table for 21. I was like, okay. mm, I'm going I'm to I'm pass on it, man. Well, it, it's getting back, mate. They don't understand. Like that quarantine to get back into Australia is two weeks, $3,000. There's got to be a big show to justify that. Well, from what I heard, I think the new administration in the US is also thinking about implementing uh, quarantine rules for anybody coming outside of the country too. Now they're thinking about doing a quarantine just like the rest of the world. Yeah, but they've got a diagnosis every couple of seconds. Like they're not going to slow it down. They let the cat out of the bag. And I'm watching these shows where there's like, they're having bikey festivals and beach parties and shit going on. And they're all just denying it even exists when they get interviewed. So oh, I, I saw something. It was fucking hilarious. It was a, uh, it was called as they gave it some kind of like it's it's my right kind of mask. It's minimal compliance mask. So these motherfuckers, these guys made up a mask and it's just a loose mesh. You can tell like if the holes are so fucking big, it doesn't provide any protection whatsoever. But it says, Are you and the ad says, Are you tired of the tyranny of the government? You wanna just like stick yeah, up the bastards. The Oh, you, fucking oh, fucking hell. Oh, you motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, so they made this mask, so pretty much you can, pretty much you can say that you're wearing a mask, but it has zero protection and you just, one of those Mate, you're always wearing Ooh. a mask, man. What the hell are you going on about? Jeez. Hey, Shrek is here. We got Shrek. He's <laughs> <laughs> talking, you. Good at you, Connor. What you guys up to? Just screwing around again. Yeah, pretty much. We don't really have a plan. We just thought we'd come on and start start and be unprofessional and do the things that we do, and that's pretty much how it's rolling. I don't think we're going to go too late tonight. I think the plan was just to talk for an hour, and um, uh, your great bald bastard said Steve Schwartzer. There you go. Which and, one? Um, Steve. Which one? Your great bald bastard. Uh, yeah, How the does. hell are you awake? You know, it's like Freaking six in the morning. No, it's earlier. It's like four in the morning there. The old man oh. can't sleep again. <laughs> That'll be it. Oh, it's, old people don't need as much sleep. And what are you working on a dagger? Pierre says, show us your dagger. Is it no, mate, that's not nice. You can't ask me to show me your dagger. On a, this is a family show, for fuck's sake. No, it's <laughs> since when? Is, 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 is it a cold <laughs> word for a dick or something? Show me your dagger. <laughs> Dirty bastard. I can't believe this. 
Where's Kevin? Is he just being lazy again? Still sleeping, probably, or went to bed no, early he, tonight. He forgot it was his wife's birthday, so he had to make rush plans to take her out to dinner. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's an easy mistake to make, isn't it? I mean, let's be honest. That's so <laughs> Kevin. It just sounds exactly like him. Forget a girl's birthday. Mert, I hear you were bitching about M390 earlier, and I just wanted to say there's an easy solution to, to stuff like that. Is don't use the stainless steel at all. Just throw it out of your shop, and life will be so much easier for you. <laughs> Yeah, Make look, Damascus. Look, I I prefer working with the carbons, but you know, sometimes there's a there's a market that they will not they cannot take care of their tools. So I take care of my tools and I can wash my knives and things, but there are people who are not going to wash it and their knives are just gonna rust and they want something stainless. So. I just don't deal with those people. If they don't take care of my knives, I tell them, sorry, you're not going to get one then. You, you, you're going to have to learn how to oil the knife and wash it afterwards, you bastard. Now that's – no, geez, these Aussies are dirty, man. This guy wants me to whip out my – wow, no. Can't even say that on the family show. And Jamie says, Kevin is the father of a new little puppy. He named it Henning. Did you hear that? No. He's called Did he name it? Henning. Yeah, he's called it Henning. <laughs> Yeah. That's brilliant. You <laughs> can think of me every day. No, he can't. Why is the, the dog? Is, the dog is the dog. No, the dog is way too good looking to be called Henning. That'd be bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> but he did get a dog, and it's a little uh, border collie. Border yeah. collie. So that's that's nice. I'm gonna change this one to to Kev. There you go, Kev. How you doing, mate? He's about as ugly as Kev, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Ah, now I just got behold of my earphone. The only one that was working. Hold on, guys. My dog ripped my earphone out of my ear. No, that's all right. We don't care. So tell me, um, the um, I've got to give a shout out. That's right. Let's see if the other side's still working. I promised working. a shout out. I promised a shout out. I've got to give a shout out. Sorry, fellas. Everybody Technical out problem. there. Oh, we go. I can hear to you make now. Sure that, to make sure that you just shut up for a minute, Henning, you bastard. To make sure that you join up and, and sign up and go back to uh, Australian Blade Forums. They're running a few competitions and they're going to run a few events and they're pretty keen to um, have a bit of a membership drive. So uh, go and check out Australian Blade Forums. If you haven't been there, go back. You can have, obviously advertise and promote on there. Lots of knife lovers and uh, people there that want to buy knives as well. So... It's good. And a lot of people that won't go on traditional social media, like Facebook and That's Instagram. Cool. Yeah. It's nice that you guys have still got a forum going. Our forum shut down years ago. I think it's a nice idea because I'm so fed up with Facebook and all its shit. I'd rather go without it. Matt, Matt says, if my dog looked like that, I'd shave its ass and teach it to walk backwards. That, that's not a dog, Matt. That's Henning. He's a knife maker. Matt, is that why you shave the back of your head? Oh. <laughs> uh, James Lang says he hasn't been ugly. hasn't been to Australian Blade Forums for years. No, a lot of us haven't. But at the end of the day, they don't have the restrictions on advertising. They don't treat us like criminals because we make knives. And it's just another forum. So, yeah, definitely uh, check it out. Yeah, I think that's the way to go. Get mm. rid of Facebook and all of their crap. 
Absolutely. Maybe start a new, a new revival in forums. I think that's a pretty good idea. I think you're right. I'll shoot over there and join them when I'm when I'm done. Yeah. So listen, guys. Uh, happy New Year to you two bastards. Yeah, you I too, think, mate. I yeah. hope it's a, a year where Corin makes more than one knife. Um, I know. Yeah, you've, you've been posting off the same shit over and over. So when are you gonna finish that? Oh, jeez, dude, I am so tired of sitting here in front of this freaking engraver. I'm busy doing gold inlay um, on this handle. Let me take it out. I can show you. Um, I hope to get it done by the middle of next month. Um, How long have you been working on it? Uh, I don't even want to. I don't even want to think about it. It's in a door, little jig at the that, moment. Is that, is that a door handle? Yeah, oh, yeah, it is. <laughs> Fuck off, you bastard. Door handle. You wouldn't know the door handle if it bit you in the ass. No, it's just a piece of metal that I've... Jeez, it's difficult with this camera. Uh, like a piece yeah, of U-channel that I've put bolts in fucking, to hold the it's handle. It's a fucking IKEA door handle. <laughs> yeah, you would know. You've been assembling IKEA tools the whole of Christmas. <laughs> You're a pro at it by the, year, by the looks of it. <laughs> so how much of those those toys are still alive, Mert? Those what toys? toys that you took days to assemble. There's a rumor <laughs> that I'm, there's a rumor that I just crushed few of them. So Steve wants to show here's the soap dish. <laughs> he calls this a very fancy soap dish. Hey, this is a very nice soap dish. Uncle Steve, you bastard. So what's it going on? Have you got? Have what is it made of? This is 1085. I didn't want to make it out of uh, Damascus because if I etch it, then I'd lose some of the detail on the carving. Yeah. And, um, so I made it out of 1085 so that I could keep all the detail on it. Are you going to blue it when you're done? Yeah, I'll probably give it give it a bit of bluing. But I'm I've got some old um, stuff from back when I was a gunsmith. Uh, cold bluing solutions that you can make. I'm just trying yeah. to source some of the, the chemicals and then you get a, a different type of bluing. You, it's almost like the blue on my shirt. You get the same type of color. Um, so I want to do that basically on there and on the handle as well. But we'll see. We'll see how it comes out when I start is making it, the, Is it a secret recipe? Can you share the recipe with our listeners? What is it? Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll get it and post it. It's pretty long. And then um, what I'll do is I'll get it out of the book and I'll just chuck it on so that everybody can see. But a lot of it is, is written in like really old. Sorry, let me just switch this off. It's like uh, old English. So it's it's weird name. So you've got to go and Google what it is and then find the, the modern stuff for it. But some of the well, stuff that's on in some of those mixes you can't even get because it's so poisonous because they don't believe that we've got the common sense to work with it anymore. Well, we Hedy, some of us probably Hedy. don't. Let's be fair. There, there was a there was a TV show of a another ugly guy playing with the chemicals. What was it? Breaking Bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he went bald as well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I hope you're not. I hope you're not cooking anything there, buddy. <laughs> yeah, the way things are going, yeah, we probably that's the only ed education you're going to get is by cooking stuff. Are you guys, your school's still closed or your school's open? No, it's open. open. They, 
Open, they started. They started back again today. Woo! We've only we lucky, don't, mate. We don't have um. We don't have many community cases at all. We've um, oh really cool. Yeah, yeah, we've kind of had some pretty tight lockdowns and um, got it under control, and then gone back to work sort of thing. Don't know why it yeah, seems well, different to the rest of the world, but anyway. Apparently, we've got a brand new strain, so they've closed down uh, traveling to to the states for us. We're not allowed to go to the states, or anybody that comes here is not allowed to go to the states. It's just stupid. There we go. So, I've got another. I've got another request for a shout out, and it's for the guild. Uh, there's a competition running run by Gamaco Artisan Supplies to um, reward. Uh, guild members that are super helpful, and so if you're a member of, of if, if you know of a member of the guild that's been really um, really helpful to you, do let do let us know, and um, we can add their votes to the list and um, add them to the list. We've only had three votes so far for three different people. Uh, I'm not sure who they are. I know one of them is Ian Stewart. So um, yeah, if you know someone who's a member of the guild, give us give get your votes in. Stevie Schwartz has been vaccinated. Look at that. He's had his first one. Oh, my goodness. He's going to change into a mutant. Oh, he has already. Sorry. The He's elderly going to change back. The, the elderly get it first and the national living treasure <laughs> that Stevie gets it. Uh, Matt's going right for a smack bottom. <laughs> Whenever Steve's yeah. arrives in Australia, he's going to get slapped around. There you Uncle go. Steve can... Yeah, mate. <laughs> anyway, uh, um, anyway. Matt, you cases today. Uh, just want to ask, answer Matt's question there. Do you want to do hot bluing or cold bluing? Because there's there's a couple of solutions for for the cold bluing, but then there's one for hot bluing. But the hot bluing stuff is bad stuff. You don't want that in your shop for too long. You use it and, and chuck it out. Um, I'll I'll post that as well. I'll. See if I can get it and just throw it on my Facebook page, and you guys can play with it. But I'm putting out a exclaimer now that if you ruin yourself, it's your problem. No, that's <laughs> I've got right. nothing I've, to do with it. I've got an old, I've got a spanner that got left in the rain, and I want to, uh, I want to blue it. So it'd be good. Clean it all up, sandblast it, and then blue it. That'd be good. Cool. I'll send you everything mm. that you need. It's easy. You can buy this stuff from the from the chemist. Most of it, anyway. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, that's cool. Uh, I've got just the cold blue stuff you get on eBay, but anyway. Anyway, Brad, um, how do you vote? Brad Stone says, look, just send me a message, Brad. I'm not actually sure, but I'll. if you're interested uh, and you know a good guild member that you want to vote for, just um, let me know and I'll get that sorted out for you. And uh, Matt Snape wants to try both. There we go. But I think tonight we just plan to have a bit of an hour run. How are you going there, Mert? We, we, um... I'm all right. You want to keep going? Yeah, we'll go a little bit, but yeah, around an hour, I think that'll be my limit. Just been, it's been hard with the, my sleep schedule has been all fucked up, you know. Kids are up all night and broken sleep. Because they're not tired. So you should go for you some sleep therapy, Mert. Maybe that'll you make you pretty. You need like a month's beauty sleep, old mate, to get you back to, to normal. I, I probably can use fucking years, man. It's uh, <laughs> it was so being summer here was a school holiday for the kids, and they've been home with me for the last two and a half three months. So I 
I'm like working on a 20, 30% capacity. I'm home inside half an hour. I'm in the shed for an hour and alternate. And there are a couple of days that I can take my son to daycare. And, but it's been just like fucking working on an idle. You know, like there are things that you want to done either, but you're going to leave them, leave them inside. So they beat each other or you cannot get any shit done. So I've been under not getting any shit done for the last two or three months. So the school is open today. Yeah, I feel your pain because it's pretty much the same that's been going on, yeah? Because some of the parents have found out that I work from home. So what they do is they phone you and say, hi, can my kids come and play at your house? And then you go, yeah, okay. And then next thing you know, you're running a daycare. So what I do with them is I just throw them all in the pool and, and let them fight it out. And I put my earphones in and, and I don't listen to a word that they say. And then when they dads come around in the afternoon i go have they eaten and they go oh, i don't know and like are you hungry yes dad i'm hungry and they go okay go home and go and eat something so yeah nice. i know exactly how you feel mert it's a bastard yeah oh. so with, with us the schools are only opening on the 15th of feb if that we hope so that's what they've said the last time around they, they, they try remote learning, but remote learning is bullshit, especially in young young ages. My son's fine. Yeah. What the fuck remote learning are you talking about? Like he, he wants to hop and jump and roll and shit, and it makes me tired even watching him. <laughs> yeah, they don't get tired. They just keep going. <laughs> Uncle Steve, you're looking for me. Did I, I'm going to phone you now when I get off here, and I'm going to have Laura sit on you, and that'll make you explode. Oh, I could probably Make get him in if you like. Yeah, wait up. I'll send him a link. You know, yeah, no. send him a link, the bastard. Get him on you. So that, but he's probably without a shirt and nobody wants to see that. So you'd have to go and get dressed first. Ah, whatever. What's a bit of old man flesh? He's, wait, he'll, he'll, he'll get on you. He'll get on you. He's a good old black. Well, you guys keep going. I'll figure this out. Uh, Henning, how did the how did how did the chef knife show go? In Dur Durban, where was it? Oh no, no, we had uh, what we had is we had um, a chef knife show down in Cape Town. Cape it Town. went well, Mert, but we didn't. Yeah, we didn't have the feet that we we thought we would have. Um, I sold one, uh, so that was pretty cool. Uh, there were some of the guys that sold that were in the lower price brackets. They did okay. Yeah. But we're going to have to change it next year. We, we can't only have a chef's knife show. There's just, there's just not enough punters for, to make a chef's knife show only. We'll have how to many, yeah. How many people the through the doors? Stuff. How many people through Say the doors? Again? How many people through the doors? I have no idea. I've got none of the, the info of that. But um, the first day was really, really busy. And then the next couple of days, it was just people that were sort of rolling in maybe five every hour or so so it was it wasn't very busy but the thing is they we were trying were they trying to make this like an exclusive art show like top end knives only they don't want to have any of the cheaper stuff there and i said to them it's fine but then we need to get other knives in as well you got it um yeah we can't just do chef's knives and then also do top end chef's knives only that doesn't make sense it just doesn't make sense we, yeah we, look, it's just too Dam expensive to go try something similar no damage still yeah. this invitational chef knife thing and 
first year it was great. Like it was only eight makers, and I, I couldn't make it, but I was in one of them. Then next year I think it was like ten, and but and it became online because of the COVID. But it's hard to do chef knife, and with theirs you only have to use their skills. So that's yeah. even like more limited, limited, limited. Yeah, it just limits the the bunch that you that you draw to the show. I mean, I had two punters come in and ask me if if I've got any art knives there because they want to buy an art knife, and I was I said no, sorry, it's a chef's knife uh, exhibition. It was actually an art exhibition. The whole thing was handled like an art exhibition. Very very nice. I mean, really cool. But um, there's a, there's a couple of things that have to change for next year, but we're going to try and see if we can do a better show next year. But that's how you learn. You move the stuff around and you change it and get it get it better. No, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. I um I, I'm a big fan of people say, oh look, we should only have high end stuff and only custom at shows and that sort of thing. But I'm a fan of having all knives because people come to see knives, but they did they don't come with the expectation that they're going to spend five or six hundred dollars. But if they come yeah. into a knife show and there's something there's some beautiful stuff for them to look at and they walk away with a $30 Chinese knife. Next year when they come back, they'll have a different expectation. They'll be disappointed in their $30 knife and they'll be thinking about buying something better. And I think all of us, I don't know anyone that started off buying expensive knives. Who started off buying an expensive knife? We all went and bought the cheapest bloody Rambo knife that there was or the, the cheapest chef knife. The, from 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 the supermarket, but you yeah, go on. The thing is, what we're trying to create is we've got a we've got a couple of knife shows in South Africa, but we've only got one premier show at the moment, and that's the Guild Show, where you'll only see top end stuff um, ranging in price from one hundred and fifty dollars all the way up to I don't know two hundred thousand dollars. The guys go nuts. There's crazy things that that are made in South Africa, but what we want to create I'm is we want to create another them. show. <laughs> Thanks, mate. He said there are crazy things made in South Africa. I said, I'm looking at one of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, mate. I take that as a compliment. <laughs> no, not, no, not with the price tag, though. <laughs> cheap bastard. <laughs> yeah, I'm cheap. I'm cheap. And I'm easy. I take my own clothes off. You don't have to worry. And um, so what we're trying to do is we want to create another premiere show where guys are bringing top-end knives at various prices, um, but only quality. We want really good quality stuff. Um, I, I get what you're saying about the cheaper knives, and, and that sort of creates buyers, but there's enough shows in South Africa that, that does that, that, where you've got $10 knives all the way up right through the scale. So we really want to create, like, another premier show. But we'll, well see if, you want, if you want to have a like a... If you want to have the top of the top stuff, only way it goes to through invitation. Like for example, yeah. um, Jerry Fisk has a micro show, and he handpicks yeah. the people that he wants to attend. Yeah, that's pretty and, much what we're looking at doing is is creating like an art knife invitational or a just an invitational knife show where guys are, are invited and um, their work is sort of scrutinized and some of it. If it doesn't make it, then it doesn't make it. And uh, um, But this year was pretty close already. There was really, really, really good quality at the show. Um, mm -hmm. 
um, in all the prices, but the problem was it was only chef's knives. Um, I think yeah, there's a so there's a, a massive scope in knives for 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 a lot of stuff. Yeah, the thing with with it is is a lot of the punters walk in and they look at it and they go, I'm not going to buy a $400 knife and then use it in my kitchen. Um, but a lot of guys will walk in and say, I'll buy a $400 knife and display it. I'll do that. Um, so it's not an easy market. It's exactly what you said. So hopefully we can we can get that done this year and then um, see how that goes. I mean, if it doesn't go as we planned, then we'll change it again. We'll do whatever we need to do. So, Mert, is this the year that you're going to make that sword or what's going to happen? Uh, look, make a couple. Uh, to be able to make a sword, I have to be really ahead. Like, I have to be yeah. really ahead with my stuff, like having pretty much no nothing in my books or having so many stock. Like I got, I got two knives made that's other than my customs and mm. I really want to make it, but I'm not in a state to be able to even think about it. And... Being in a hot season here, I had we had a temperatures that were 38, 30, 36, 38. And in my shed, without any hot stuff, it just goes like 40, 45. And you work in the 45 degree environment for two hours and you have to take a little bit of half an hour rest. And you're just not working on all cylinders. You're not, you're not yeah. efficient. You, you, you can't be working much. Or next day you wake up and it, it's a fucking drag to get back in the shop. Or I don't want to forge anything for fuck's sake. And... It's hard. Like I need to be really ahead, and I really want to make it. Like I got all the stuff. I'm going to convert my garage, one side of my garage, to to the engraving. Like I want to buy engravers and all that. But man, I have to be so ahead. To, like whenever I want to work on the projects, that means like I'm not working. I'm not going to work. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. You see, the way I I used to do that is back when I before I went to the dark side and went and worked for a boss, what I used to do is I used to do my orders during the day and then I would take two hours in the afternoon and work on something special. Uh, it was sort of like just to, to motivate me to do the normal stuff that I didn't want to do. And then what eventually happens is you, you get to a point where you'll only work on the stuff that you want to. It's like now with this dagger. I mean, I've spent close on three months on this knife and financially, it's worth it because I'm, I'm going to get paid for it. But it, it took me like a good four or five years since I came back to, to really get these knives known and, and, and to show showcase what I can do. So it takes a while. But I mean, it does. I don't know if, if I think everybody I don't know if everybody's like that, but I don't want to make the normal stuff anymore. I, I really don't want to, to do hunters and, and, and stuff like that i just want to make the top end knives because it's i like challenging myself all the time and this is the only way to do it but i mean if you, if if it's your day job it was everybody's i don't think there's anybody that says okay tomorrow morning i'm going to wake up and start making knives most of the guys start off as a as a hobby yeah and then their hobby sort of takes off and it, it sort of takes over and then in south africa what happens to a lot of guys is they lose their jobs because of the economy and then they they start making knives. And if you want to work yourself to a point where you make top-end knives, then that's the only way, is do your orders during the day or do your orders during the week and take the weekend for yourself because that was what you used to do when you 
weren't a full-time knife maker, that you were working on your hobby over the weekends. And that makes you, it keeps your knife making alive. Otherwise, it's just like a normal grinding stone hanging around your neck and it's dragging you it down is, all the it time. Is. It and is. And then also, you're not going to enjoy it anymore. Unlike the most of the makers, like I got young kids too. So I can only, it's not about my dedication or how much I, time I can, I want to spend. Like I can only spend certain amount of hours regardless of what, because my wife, she drives to work or like, I, I have to be the guy that does the school drop off and pickups. So I can only work yeah. certain, certain hours. So for me to be able to work later, like it means that I'm going to have to work over the weekend. If I work over the weekend, I don't see my family. Yeah. So that's yeah, the, I understand. I mean, I'm in exactly the same pool yeah. as you because I've got to go and pick up the kids as well and drop them off and keep them busy when they're home. And yeah. so what I do is, I mean, that's why I, I sleep very little. I work late nights. Um, yeah. I spend, that's a lot of time that the guys don't see is, but the thing is, if you're dedicated to what you do and you really put in the effort, you're going to get there in the end yeah. to a point where you'll basically work two, three hours a day and that'll be enough to take care of the family. Mm -hmm. And, and, that is what happens when you start making top-end knives. The money is there. It definitely is there. But it doesn't happen overnight, and it's not an easy road. You've got to put in the hours, and you've got to push your limits all the time. And it's like you trying to upgrade to getting some engraving equipment. Do that. Uh, mm -hmm. The next step is maybe to, to start doing a, in a jewelry course where you can learn how to set stones and stuff like that. Yeah. And and just keep evolving. Otherwise, you're going to get stagnant and you're not going to enjoy it anymore and you're going to stop. You're going to go and find yourself a job again. There are times that I feel like it's a job because when you make the similar stuff over and over, that's that's not yeah. that's not that's pretty much like single-man production line. If you're doing exactly. the same stuff over and over, it's a single-man production line. And I, I can't I can grips with that. So I need, to, I need to work on towards getting more more skills and like engraving and working more on the pattern welded stuff and hopefully I'll have enough time I can start more focusing on my, on my own steel like do my woods that's the goal yeah yeah I'm sure that um, th that's the thing the drawback behind with a with an order book it's nice to have a nice order back to order book to back you and to make you feel nice and safe when you've got a big mm -hmm. bunch of orders but it very, very quickly becomes a cage and it, it catches you in that cage and you, you battle to get out of it. Um, I used to have an order book and then I finished that off and I, I went and worked for a boss. And then when I came back, I just decided, you know what, I'm not going to take an order book. Um, what I do have is I have an, uh, I've got a system where if a guy wants like a Bowie from me or a Hunt, whatever, then what I will do is I'll – I'll write his name down under Bowie and there's a list of a couple of guys and as they come to the top of the list when I make a Bowie, I let the guy know and I said, listen, I've got a Bowie available. Uh, price is going to be X. If he says no, he's not in the moment ready to buy, he goes to the bottom of the list and I let the next guy know. Um, and that's my ordering system. But then the thing is you've you got to prepare – and keep yourself prepared for making a knife and then sitting with it because there's not, there's only so many guys that, that'll go, okay, fine, I'll take it now. But the longer you do that, the better buyers you get and the better customers you pick up, uh, the guys tend to, to want your stuff and then they buy it. 
But then once again, it's a thing of making stuff that everybody, that people really want. And what I've found is in the days where I used to make hunters, I would go to a show with eight hunters and it would take me three days to sell four hunters and I'd go home with four. And then it, it's a fight and giving discount and trying to get yourself there to sell the knives again. Um, and then the moment I started switching to higher end stuff, the stuff would go all by itself. I mean, the last couple of knives I made literally sold before they were finished. And that that's where you want to be. That's what, what you want to work to. But I understand that you, I mean, we've got families that we need to take care of. So it's a very difficult balancing act of taking orders and, and, uh, and not, and, and working on special stuff. Mm-hmm. But I mean, if you work on something special, it shows what you can do. And if you do one of those things and finish them like once every three months, very soon your order book will be full of them rather than being full of stuff that you have to just make 10 of at a time. Yeah. It's horses for courses. It's what people are into. It's, um, you know, I don't, I don't make knives for anyone. I just make them for me. So that's it. Fucking end of story. I don't sell them to anyone. Yeah. Um, so Ian's asked a good question. It's what are your goals for knife making this year? He wants to make more knives than me. Well, that's fucking, that's really setting your targets high, isn't it? But <laughs> yes, good. What are your goals? You're gonna make you make some knives out of your own roots. Is that the uh, goal? Look, no, I'm, swords. The, the, yeah, the, the goal is to make. Like, I want to be able to look at the stuff I done 21, and I want to compare it to 2020 and say, holy shit, I came such a long way. Like, these are so much better than 2020. That's the goal, like, with, with everything. The knife making is, one thing with the knife making is very similar to my previous craft. I was a chef, and with the chefing, one thing that we kept hearing over and over from, our, from the old chefs or from our mentors was, you're as good as the last dish that you sent out. So it doesn't matter what you've done, and you could be a great chef, but if you if you send a shit dish, if you send a dish that's bad, all your reputation, all your all your credibility, it just goes away. You're done. And knife making is similar to everybody. Your last knife has to be better than the one before. <laughs> so you just gotta make you just gotta be better. I don't. <laughs> hey, Mark. Mm. <laughs> I can't see. Is that that off on that anywhere in the world? Ah, yeah, ugly oh, bastard. There, there's a floor there, man. Steve Schwarzer. Good day, mate. How are you? Oh, this shit is so far beyond my capabilities. It's <laughs> <laughs> like giving hitting a Crayola. He'll try to draw a picture, but it doesn't come out. <laughs> Hello, Uncle Steve. What you wearing? The baby suit. That's what happens. <laughs> ah. I wonder if I can move it to better service. I tried to open it on the PC and it didn't work. <laughs> Steve, Steve, how are you feeling after the vaccine? Oh, oh that, we lost him. It's all over. Him. Well, it was fun while it lasted, fellas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you'll probably pop back in. Um, no doubt, no doubt. I'll keep an eye out. So, um, yeah, so goals. Yeah. Well, so you're just going to make my, something better. 
Yeah, just just to improve my standard and that's the goal. I want to um I want to devote some time to actually making knives this year, but uh, I, from the way that work has started, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, we'll see how we go. We'll see how we go. It'll happen. Some people make knives, other people make excuses, and we've lost Henning too. Look at that. Uh, she says, look, that's how he looks. Oh, right. It's his intelligent, pondering look. And just like that, our show goes to – oh, there he is. There he is. Hey, back. I'm back. He's back. Oh. So what are you, what's your plans, Henning? Um, what's your goal for 2021? Colin, I really want to – like I do with every knife, but this year I just want to really push my boundaries and, and make – just see what I can do. I want to see where I, where my failure point is. And I, I, I want to share as much as possible of what I do with people so that I can, I mean, it's no point doing this and keeping it all to yourself. Um, I want to do more tutorials and, and try and share as much of what I do with people so that they can learn and, and so that this craft can grow. Um, that's pretty much it. I, I, I haven't really gone and set any, certain things that I want to do. I, I, w I would like to do a couple of more folders this year and uh, I'm really going to try and push my engraving and carving uh, abilities a bit and see what I can do with that. So that's pretty much what I want to do. Um, so if you guys have got any, any questions, anybody out there, shoot me a, a message on Facebook or wherever. You're welcome to. I, I share everything I do. You're more than welcome to. Yeah. At the end of the day, Oh, there he is. He's back again. <laughs> there he yeah. is. He's back. Oh, yeah. I had I bought this damn Australian. I didn't buy it. I was gifted this Australian dog, and I think decided for this morning that I needed to throw a ball. So guess what? You're throwing a ball. <laughs> <laughs> You're throwing a ball at four in the morning. <laughs> it's a sign. Yeah. It's a yeah. sign. I don't know. Well, I tried it with Laura, but she wasn't up for it, so I had to just. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's up with Laura these days, not wanting to chase a ball. You've got to tighten that leash a little bit. It is. It is a massive beast. I had to go day on my tractor again. <laughs> <laughs> I guess she's sleeping now, and she's not listening to this because otherwise you'd be in trouble. Uh, she's listening. I'll pay for this dearly later. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't write any checks your body can't cash there, Steve. Uh, my mouth is overloaded <laughs> several times. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much on a daily basis. Yeah. Oh, well, at this stage of the game, what have I got to lose? It's just a few minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Fair point. Fair point. Yeah, you guys are doing great stuff down there. I, I always button in and stuff. I thought I'd give you a little relief this morning. I was hoping, I was hoping hey, my wife would give me a little relief this morning, but it didn't happen. So anyway, hey, <laughs> do, do do any of you have children that refuse to get out of bed? I got a tip for you. Yeah, I'm all ears. It doesn't work for you though. Keep going. I well, my, my boys is for school, so I would I took a coffee cup full of uh, ball bearings and put them in the freezer. I used water originally. You throw water on them, and then you have to dry the sheets. Because I was Mister Mom raising boys by myself, so 
So I take them ball bearings, I get them down around zero, and uh, I go in there and rattle it, and then go get up, and they didn't get up. I just pour them in the bed. Of course, the ball bearings break the body, and they stick until they warm up. <laughs> and then you suck them all up, <laughs> that, suck them up with a vacuum, and put them back in the cup. It's not child abuse, at least good memories, right, Steve? Yeah, yeah, they're okay. The youngest one's the youngest one's four years old. <laughs> and he, he still he still loves his dad. <laughs> I tried it with my wife, but but her her heart is made out of ice. So when I threw the ball bearings in there, she just dropped the temperature down, and that was it. Didn't even that's feel it. them. That's it. <laughs> Have you ever heard heard that freezing the balls off a brass monkey? You know what that came from. They used to have a no. plate on a ship on plate on the old ships where they muzzle loaded the cannons. They kept the cannon plate. That plate was called a monkey. And it was made out of uh, brass because if it was iron plate, the balls would freeze to it in cold weather. So if you could get it cold enough to freeze the balls off a brass plate, it was cold enough to freeze the balls off a brass monkey. Yeah, you never know what you'll learn. <laughs> learn it. <laughs> yeah, thanks a lot for that. It's like yeah, brilliant. Just, Here you go. Yeah. I'll write that on the wall just to keep yeah. it in my mind. <laughs> my life. Right. You can write now. You're showing off again. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you taught me when you were yeah. You, you said me how to write. I can only yeah. do the ABCs, but I, I get by. I get. Yeah, uh, it, it works. <laughs> the stick figures on it. Ah, well, he's getting there. Yeah. So you say you you've got the injection. You've got the, the yeah. yeah the I, antidote. I got that thing. Well, I took it just for fun to see what it would do. And it didn't do, didn't do anything. I think it was water. Oh, gee. Okay. Yeah, oh, we're but, back again. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so you reckon you got the placebo? I have no idea. With me, it's, everything's an experiment. <laughs> <laughs> so have you started speaking Chinese yet or anything weird? Nothing like that? No, I had a little pain at the injection site, but it wasn't bad. And, uh, and nothing really. I got to go back uh, on the 18th and get a dose of that stuff. And they've had very few reactions from it. So uh, okay. I was, yeah. So I ain't died yet. And uh, like the expiration date's real close anyway, so it doesn't matter. I'm just going to test it out. <laughs> what else? The card so I can fly. <laughs> you know, you know, Steve, like you, you could have acted up in so many ways and. Just blame on the vaccine. I can just like slap somebody like randomly. Sorry, it's the side effect. <laughs> I can't control myself. <laughs> I'm at <laughs> Murder, I'm at that tricks first thing this morning. <laughs> Honey, whack. It's a vaccine. I'm, it's, a... <laughs> <laughs> it's the Bill Gates doing it. It's the Bill Gates, not me. <laughs> Let us know how that goes for you, Uncle Steve. Let us know. We'd, we'd like to know how that goes for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I woke up blind in my left eye once, and then I woke up, went back to bed perfectly normal, woke up blind in my left eye. She won't tell me how she did that. And then I woke up my good leg <laughs> with a torn meniscus. And still, nothing. 
It's like I, it, it may have to do with the drink. I don't know. Mm, maybe, maybe, just maybe, <laughs> maybe. You should um, you should maybe tell them about going up the mountain and coming down again. Uh, uh Jason. Oh yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah up is good. That that downhill is terrible. Yeah, they 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 phoned me at two in the morning. And all I see is a dark screen and Steve shouting at me to come over to Jason's house and come and carry him down the mountain because he can't see where he's going. <laughs> That's true. We Jason's went, house uh, in South it, Africa? Uh, Jason, in the, and, and, and where the hell is it? Tennessee. Tennessee, yeah. Uh, Jason Knight's place. Oh, Jason Knight. Both of them are up the mountain and in the dark. I don't know what the hell they were doing up in the dark. I've got my suspicions about what they were doing up there, but then it I got phone to come and carry them down. It was experimenting. It was all experimenting. Yeah, but manly. Manly experimenting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was done in a manly voice. It wasn't all... <laughs> Screeching and yelling. <laughs> yeah. It's more like, Henning, get your ass over here to Jason's house. Come up this mountain and come and help me get down. I don't know where the hell I am. <laughs> uh, no worries. So, did you uh, pop over to Tennessee and sort it out? Yeah. I, uh, I started swimming, but they phoned me back and said, it's okay. Man, we want to go. Yeah, well, that, I got it. I couldn't get back down because it's hard on my knees. And sliding down through all that poison ivy and stuff was not that much fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but at least you guys had a good time. Oh, we did. I got that damn gun from him, you know, that shoots the pop cans. <laughs> yeah. It's a, What's two, it's a 223 with a chamber on the end of it that... It's like a grenade launcher or a uh, rope throwing. And uh, anyway, I throw the ball with it. And the neighbors love it. It's like a gunfight. And <laughs> I'm shooting tennis balls about uh, 100 yards. That in meters, Henning. That's <laughs> 100 about yards. 110 meters. Yeah, 110 meters. Anyway, I, that that communist measuring system's hard on the old guy. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I do I do everything in it on on. It uh, everything is all in that uh, millimeter stuff. It's, it's actually handy. It, uh, it really is. Yeah. Is, yeah, it's the way to go. It's the way to go. The Americans just haven't caught on yet, but they'll get there in the end. They'll get there. Well, you have no idea how slow we are. I find that very unlikely, Henning. <laughs> Say again, mate. I'll stick with it. I find it very unlikely that they'll get there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're still driving on the wrong side of the road. And now all of a sudden they want to start going to millimeters. I don't think they'll be able to make that leap. It's going to be tough. What yeah, side of the road do you, do you guys drive on the same as us in Africa? Do you stay you're yeah. on the left? Oh, awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, we, yeah, we drive. I saw some things in South Africa you couldn't quite believe. It's like there was this little tiny truck, and it had this, <laughs> it had a hay stacked up about three meters high, and there was this poor chap laying on top of it to hold it in the truck at Sunday down the freeway. <laughs> and I was going, hey, oh, shit. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, we got this joke around here where they where they pull one of those over, and the traffic officer goes up to the guy in the front, and he said to him, "Do you know why I pulled you over?" And he says, "Yeah, is it because of the guy in the front?" He goes, "No, it's not at all. You, we can't see your indicator light on the left. Can you just maybe take one of those hellbells and put it on top of the guy?" My lights went out on my little trailer. So I was afraid we would get stopped if I put Laura right on the trailer with a flashlight. So I, I rolled her up in an old piece of carpet and had her hanging her arm out the back. I drove on the left in America, but I only did it until I realized you guys don't have a sense of humor either. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> but... <laughs> You can go to any big city and you swear it's full of Australians because they're all going up the wrong way. <laughs> it, it is hard, though. It's hard. When you're thinking about something else, you drive out of a driveway and there's nobody on the road and you just you just go into autopilot. And before you know it, you're driving straight at a pickup and the guy's looking at you like you're some sort of crazy idiot and yelling and waving his gun and... It's just not fun. No sense of humor. I have to tell my no, mom, like, no. every now and then at the roundabout, she, she goes like, she goes to the right, and I have to say, like, to the left, to the left. <laughs> <laughs> that would be interesting. We they're starting to put those things in everywhere over here, those roundabouts. Yeah. And you've never seen so many confused rednecks in your whole life. You, go up there, you can see the panic on their face. They don't know how to do it. That's so good. I go over there and I pull up at a four-way stop and I just wait till all the cars are gone. I don't know what the fuck's going on. <laughs> around about, around about, you don't even have to slow down. You just put your foot on the accelerator and everyone can see what you're doing and they're all happy to let you go. It's great. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> <That's> brilliant. <laughs> yeah. I, I oh. talked to... Talked to Laura about getting a pilot's license, and uh, the conversation was very short. <laughs> <laughs> no, not happy. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, yeah, it's bad enough in the airboat. Look at that. <laughs> my, my new fishing reel handles just come off the printer. Just got a message. Oh, cool. Nice. Nice. Brilliant. Cool. That's neat technology. It's fantastic, isn't it? The three D ah, printing yeah, is. I, I I wonder where that's going to come into when that's going to come into the mainstream in knife making. Oh, a lot of guys over here are using it to make forms and they're casting from the forms. They're using uh, using the three D to make uh, the the object to pull the mold off of. Yeah. And uh, doing that, but uh, it beats. Yeah. Well, it, well, you saw that guard and all. Now that was a loop up from under a, a sink. Wasn't it? It was the loop from what? Which guy? Under, underneath, uh, underneath the sink, uh, you know, where you, you put your dishes, there's a loop down there that where, <laughs> where the water comes out of the sink. And, uh, the his, yeah, his wife's missing that loop now, and he's got a garden. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not the one in the zinc. It was the one in the shower, okay? I took the one out of the shower. That's what it is. What yeah, do you think he is? An animal? <laughs> it's a very creative thing to use the IKEA piece, Henning. Well done, mate. Yeah, <laughs> thanks, mate. Thanks, thanks, mate. You've got to look around you and look at your surroundings and get inspired from that. That's how we do. It. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, some people draw their draw their inspiration from nature. Henning gets it from plumbing. 
Yeah. Everywhere, mate. Everywhere. I'm the only Henning's ever had that signed his toilet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've got a video to prove it. Before he left, the bastard signed. The, uh, Steve Schwarzer was here under my toilet seat. <laughs> <laughs> and then my, it was written so ugly that my maid thought it was one of the kids. And she thought to save them the hiding, she was going to wash it off. And that was actually oh. the stuff I wanted to keep. <laughs> so, but you can still see it. It's still there. It's still there. Ah, good. Nothing like a good Sharpie. If you go to Keith Flutter's place, uh, the tradition there is to sign his door. Um, but I think mainly because his toilet's the fence outside. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've got one of those toilets as well, just outside my door. Matt thinks I'm going to start biting random <laughs> a leg. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's after taking after taking the vaccine. Yeah, well, what yeah I think is, so. Matt, a wife put a shot collar on me when I... What? The wife puts a dog shot collar and put it on me. When I go out, oh, sure. yeah, nice, nice. There, yeah, those things are Again. great. Yeah. It's like the third time she's done that to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if, if, if that's what it takes to get you up, that's all right. <laughs> at, at my age, I take it from anywhere. <laughs> it's like. And Henning says, why don't you ever, why are you always in the bed when you're talking to me? It's impossible to stand listening to you while I'm up, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so your dog, what sort of dog was that? You said it's Australian. Is it a terrier? Yeah, or a uh, dog? Queensland. Queensland healer. Queensland healer, right. Yeah. yeah. I'm thinking it came with a full load of speed. That thing, methamphetamine is veins. Well, they got to run. See, they they just run all day. Oh yeah, got to run. Yeah, yeah. She's up, she's up there asleep in the damn bed now. The minute I'm over, yeah, I had to come down because it ain't quite time for the thing to wake up yet. But uh, it's yeah. a wonderful, wonderful dog. It was up in Texas, and uh, he had three of the things, and they were they were killing each other. Uh, so I said, let me get that one. And he let me have it. So I brought the thing home. And uh, we're having a ball with it. Beautiful. Yeah. I had a, had a blue healer for 17 years, up 12, almost 12 years ago. And that when that dog passed, I almost died. And I, I really bonded with that animal. And uh, he was a good dog. And they're loyal as hell too. Oh yeah, that thing. I try to get it to bite the wife, but it won't. Laura feeds it. So uh, you need a two-two-three with a ball launcher with that thing because um, you're not sort of the guy that can walk it a lot, are you? You walk it oh, a lot. Yeah. Take it for a run. Oh, okay. I can still walk, you cheeky bastard. <laughs> Every time I see you lying in bed as well, it looks like you're in the nursing home. Hey, watch it. Oh. <laughs> watch my feet move. <laughs> I'm actually walking. 
Unassisted. <laughs> no tennis, no tennis balls in this house. <laughs> well, you'll have to give Henning some lessons then. Yeah, he, he crawls around a lot. Yeah, he, he does this uh, a thing called a bry, and that's a that's a real cute good name for a barbecue. Only it's better, actually. And uh, yeah, he's the only guy know that sits on a hippo skull to eat a sandwich. <laughs> Who does that? Henning sits on a damn hippo skull to eat a sandwich. There you go. He's got a hippo skull. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say where they come from, but I get where it comes from. The more I think about it, the more obvious it is. That's, <laughs> yeah, we don't we don't have that here. <laughs> <laughs> Don't have <help>, Ikea. <laughs> yeah, <that's the> <laughs> He's got a lot of good stuff there. Uh, but, uh, it's, I can't wait for the yard sale. It's, it's going to be great. Yeah, yeah. Well, we got to get you. Got to get that two, two, three that launches tennis balls. That's um. I want to see that. Yeah, I, I'll do. I'll do that one. Uh, I'll do that one live here one morning. And see how far it'll go for a ball. Yeah, that thing is cool. I don't know whether I can find it. It may be right here. Hold on. I'm walking again. It's a miracle. <laughs> There'll be, pre be some preacher make a bunch of money off of this. Schwarzer's walking. Yoo-hoo! Oh. Rummage around in here. Well, there's... There's a few rifles. Ah, here it is. <laughs> Let's see if I can get this up where you can see it. Holy shit, what's that? That's a, a tennis ball thrower. There you go. <laughs> I'm fair betting that would be illegal in Australia. Everything, in the everything's illegal in Australia. Stick them up, is. mate. All right. This is Morgan here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That uh, this will put it down range. I'll throw a tennis Can I, ball. Hey, just a second. I just sent Kev a message and told him that you're on. Just he's uh, obviously fucked up and he's doing stuff. Can you just give us just step back a little bit from the phone? Yeah, I'll just send you a, just send him an image. He can't wash her off. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> one more, one more, one more, one more, one more. Where's the fucking yeah. thing? How do we use it? Yeah. Anyway, that that that'll throw a tennis ball or a can of beer about. <laughs> it's actually oh, legal because it it, uh, it you can't fire live rounds through it with that barrel on. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. Someone says here. Illegal here, which is no big surprise. No. Um, yeah, and uh, Kev is 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 washing it off. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> yeah, he forgot his wife's birthday. How was that? He must love her. <laughs> anyway, Mert, you're off. You're yeah, mate. sad, mate. You're no. going to sleep. Oh, I just... Crashing soon. Yeah. That's Henning's but anyway. Where, where'd you go, Henning? We might, Henning's, Henning's dealing with Henning's internet, I think, which is uh, notoriously yeah. shite. I, I, I think there's a monkey holding the antenna. 
the monkey moved. So he's trying to probably move the monkey back to the original spot. He's That's propping it. it up. He's propping it up with a hippopotamus head. Hey, I, I watched him doing that one day, and he kept using little bits of food for the monkey to get it to move. Yeah. And he and he would hold the food out to get the monkey to move the antenna, but just before the monkey reached for the food, Henning would eat it, and it pissed the monkey off. And so his service never got better. Somebody needs to talk to him about his towards animals. Yeah, no, no, that's 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 terrible, man. He's just got to got to treat it uh, treat it nicer. Yeah, it's a bait and switch. <laughs> so here we go. Daryl Melford said that rifle, Steve. If it shoots cans, would be a national treasure here in Australia. Yeah, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, it's not that easy to get a license to, to own firearms in Australia. And if you do get a license, uh, you're quite restricted in what you can get. And right. I don't know if that, I don't know, I'm not going to get into the politics of it, but at the end of the day, that's the way it is here. I mean, we are descendants of criminals, so I guess we got what we got. But yeah. Well, uh, 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 what they did is they winnowed out all the before they sent you down there. They willowed out what? We know that all, uh, all the chaff they they oh yeah, 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 yeah. before they sent it down there. Yeah, yeah well, hey. I think that's it. That's it. So we're all we're except for Mert because he's a recent arrival. But yeah, we're all descendants <laughs> of criminals. That's okay, Mert. You fit right in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, he had to go somewhere where he'd fit in. That's uh, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. So well, yeah. at least he came from a hey. knife culture. And we liked him so much, we made him a citizen, didn't we? You're a citizen now, yeah. Matt. Yeah. Uh, Australia Day. Australia Day was an anniversary of my citizenship. Two years. For two years. I've been Australian, mate. Australian, mate. Full. Yeah. And what have you done over your Christmas break, Steve? Did you make anything, or you just been fucking yeah. around? No, I've been doing. And I've been doing some filming off and on with Jason on uh, on his program, that series, uh, YouTube series. And then uh, I've been making some stuff. I just made a, a really nice uh, uh, kitchen knife. And uh, I use a technique uh, that I didn't use since the 70s on that blade. And it really came out. For, I almost forgotten about it. it uh, I use bleach. And uh, what I do is I clean the blade to uh, at least 100 grit. But I leave the hammer marks and that kind of stuff. And back when I used to make what they call rendezvous knives, you know, for real from the 1800s. And yeah, then yeah. You, want, you wanted the blades to look old. And then what I would do is I would sand them to about four to 600 grit finish. And then I'd suspend them in bleach, like washing bleach, like you use for your clothes. Yeah. And then uh, it'll start fitting pretty aggressively. And then you mm. take and rinse that off with water and then take uh, real fine sandpaper and then you keep doing that until the pitting gets even and and you got the right amount of corrosion to make you satisfied. And then that uh, then it's basically it's the thing off. I give it a dip, a quick dip in ferric after I clean all that bleach off. And then I rinse that off and neutralize it and then wax it. And uh, that thing, it's been around for a hundred years and uh it's a mm. it's a cool technique it's, uh it, it looks neat i've uh, never heard uh, of it yeah yeah i want to give a go with the, like a i'll definitely give a go with that 
It's oh, like a force. Have it the kitchen left, but with one of your swords, it would look really cool, you know, to give it that force patina. Oh, look, oh it's, absolutely! It's way better than the motor stuff. It's deeper and it's controlled. And you keep moving it out in the pit, so get very. Don't lay it down on its side, or one side will etch yeah. a lot yeah. faster than the other. Yeah, suspend it. Because I'm I'm working on restoring a sword from the 18th, 18th century. And the sword was like a blade is from North India, Persia. The hilt was from Syria. The guard was from Turkey. It was just like a mix mixed bag of everything i just took the hilt off i took the guard off and I'm, I'm in the process of making a new hilt and with the original style where the blade is probably made from but i was thinking like i'm gonna make it and it's gonna look nice and clean and i need to make it look not so super new so with the tang band i may, I may give a try with that and see if it looks oh you, you'll like look. it uh like you gotta stay with it though don't put that in there and go to lunch <laughs> no, no, definitely not. <laughs> you'll, you'll get to make two. <laughs> is that one of those? Is that one of your Woot swords, Bert? Is it? No, this, this this one I bought it off an auction, and I had zero expectations. And it's not Woot's; it's a patent welded, and you can tell the steel is not very clean. Patent welded, like there's some uh, forging weld flaws and all that. But yeah, I just decided to clean up. But saying that, speaking of Woot's. I got myself a nice 18th century Ottoman Pala from a wood steel, and you can see the crystalline structure is so beautiful. And I've seen that. I've held that. I think. Oh no, uh, I'm 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 I've gotten two more after that. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> one of them, one of them is a, a rhino hilt. The handle is made out of a rhino horn. Mm. That's that's pretty neat. Yeah, when you look at the geometry, it's such a brilliant. It's it's genius. Like the, there's a T, the blade spine is a T section. The T section is about like five, six mil thick, but right underneath the T section, it's probably two and a half, three mil, and the thinness at the edge is no different than my kitchen knives. But because of that mm. T section at the spine, it's quite sturdy. There's no flex. Mm. The I've forged a couple of those. That, that T-section was really hard to figure out how to forge that properly. Uh, Pendray did several of them back in the 70s, early 80s. Yep. I, did a couple, I did a couple of them. Finally decided that wasn't my cup of tea. I'll go make something that's fun because it ain't fun. <laughs> a lot of damn work. How, how, do they, how do they forge that? We did it with a size. We made a oh, yeah. set of Springer dies to do it with. We tried doing it by hand. But it was almost uh, impossible. Uh, and but I see, think, they would have they would have done it by hand originally. Look, I, 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 was, I was talking to a friend of mine who was a swordsmith in Turkey, and apparently they used the uh, uh, vice. What do you call the uh, leg vice? Yeah, he section leave it like proud above the leg vice, keep hammering it down. Apparently, that's how yeah. they did. It's basically a die. They use the vice as yeah. a die. Because they yeah. threw the jaws and the back was on top. Yeah, yeah right. That, yeah, and and uh, it was a lot of cool stuff. I mean, it, they had uh, special dies, rolling machines that they. Here's my dog. Come here. Where are you going? Come here. Oh, it's going. That blue dog. She's going. <laughs> she had to come check on me, and she went upstairs to get her mom. 
Tell her to make coffee, Doc. <laughs> but no, that uh, that that forge work that, that came from that area was phenomenal. Uh, all up through that area, everybody says, "Well, oh, they're doing all the cool stuff today." They did stuff that you can't even imagine in those areas in ancient times with nothing. Yeah, mm-hmm. with nothing. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you go back in history and look, I did a. Uh, there was a technique I used to put blades together, and I was doing it in the 80s. And invented it and made his first knife in 1995 and, uh, and uh, invented the thing <laughs> since the 80s. I was writing a paper on it for one of the magazines, and I was talking to a, a guy I know about, it and he says, you better look at this thing that I have before you publish. I went, okay. And he sent me pamphlet from a, about a Javanese bladesmith. It was yeah. a drawing, and this thing was published in 92. And that's two two or three years before I invented it. And, uh, and I looked at it, and that thing was using exactly the technique that I was using, not just part of it, but all of it. And he he uh, been doing that for years, and he's dead. And uh, he was one of those old mystics blacksmith and uh i don't know whether he did that for 50 years or he got it from his father or his grandfather he had a huge tradition of doing that work so what i figured out is that the idea is a solution to a problem and it can nuclei across the planet because it's a proper anyway. solution to a problem and, yeah. and so yeah. i had it was a lesson learned for me and so nobody really invents anything. You just find a solution, and you may not be the only one to figure that out. Yeah, anyway. absolutely. Yeah. Well, I've uh, I've got to I've, I've got to go to bed. I've got to get up in the morning, so I'm gonna I'm gonna crash out, fellas. Um, I just wanted to. Uh, are we gonna close up? Mert? You finished? Yeah, might as well, man. It's good. It's great talking to you, Steve. Thanks for joining us, man. Steve, hey, thank you for doing it. Great time. Enjoyed visiting with you guys. Once I finally figured out how to get on here, I'm probably you're probably going. God, I hope he doesn't get up every day like this. Anyway, no, we don't. <laughs> we, we're, we're just happy you're getting up, Steve. That's all right. Because if we can still get it up at that age, we'll be happy too. So anyway, <laughs> I I am appalled. I'm no, actually, I'm quite happy. Every day I wake up, I go, Oh my God, I made another one. Beautiful. So we'd like. We're still looking. We're still looking forward to get you out here. So we got to work that out. Yeah. Anyway, All right. mud mud crabs is the bait. Mud crabs? No, we can yeah. do mud crabs. That's easy. I, I, I'll well, come in a kayak. Mud crabs. <laughs> a kayak. All right. Well, <laughs> it might be the only way if this keeps going. But anyway, yeah. keep going. I appreciate everything you guys are doing. I'll see you later. No worries at all. There's Stephen Heath. Steve. How's your barrel knife going, Steve? Oh, yeah, we'll talk about that later. Anyway, oh, never mind. He's making a barrel knife. <laughs> Stephen's making a barrel knife. Yeah, I'm going right. to lick. You have a good one. There we go. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, and, you uh, said one hour, but it's been us. almost two hours now. Thanks yeah, for no. joining us, everybody. Thank you. We'll, uh, we'll catch you again, hopefully, with Kev uh, next week. Yeah, see ya.